Welcome to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance with Jeffrey Panic from Balance Wealth Partners. In this space, we're keeping it real about money, unraveling the intricacies of spending and investing and making it all about you. Dive into the journey of striking the perfect balance between enjoying the now and preparing for what's next. Money talk might seem complex, but we're here to simplify it. Join us as we, along with experienced guests, are planning for more than retirement. We are planning for life. Hello and welcome to Between Life and Money, the podcast hosted by Jeff Panic. Jeff, good to see you again. How are you? Great, Bill. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm well getting over a cold, so oh. I apologize to the listeners if they think, man, that guy's voice sounds a little raspy. But That's uh, all right. Maybe maybe a little bassy. That's, that's yeah, not a bad yeah. thing, right? <laughs> well, let's hope it adds to the charm. What are we talking about this week? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about ways that you can attend college without racking up debt. And, you know, really for a lot of people, there's very few things, in fact, that increase more than, say, college tuition. And really, that has been a challenge for most Americans, how you afford to send, you know, if you have multiple children, how you even manage to do that without racking up debt as a parent as or having them graduate not really being able to afford some of the most important things in life, like a you know a home. <laughs> well, you know, college is. I am speaking off the top of my head. I think the single largest investment outside a home, and in some, depending on the school, it could be even a larger investment than a home you might want to buy. It's that's exactly right, and you have to really, at the end of the day, you know, when you have you have someone that's 15 or 16 or 17 that's getting ready to go to college and high school, uh, it's hard to discuss with them what the return on investment is and and what really you should be spending on the education, particularly based upon what you want to try to do. I know for most people, it's certainly, it used to be obviously 20, 30, 40 years ago, realistic where you could send your children to school debt-free. And now it's more of a a conversation of looking at alternatives, especially if you want a family member, uh, you know, especially if they're not sure what they want to do in the future. I think, you know, to think that a 15, 16, 17 year old, very few of them really know what they want to do, you know, when they get into their 20s and 30s in life. And it seems like with the way this system has been set up, you know, they have to decide that when they hit about sixth or seventh grade. And, you know, it, it makes for a real challenge for both the child and the parents. And, you know, there's one statistic I saw from the National Center of, for Education Statistics. It found that 80% of students end up changing their major at some point during their college career. So it's, again, going for one thing, ending up somewhere completely in a different place and, you know, racking up debt in a lot of cases all along the way. Two thoughts on that. One, I, I literally don't know a single person who is doing today what they went to college to do, i.e. what they majored in, right? Because, it, yes. they, you know, and over my career, I've known some English majors who became very successful on Wall Street because they went to work for investment banks and found out that not a lot of people speak English in terms of good grammar and writing clear, thoughtful analysis. So, yeah, the world is full of twists and turns and unexpected surprises in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and really why the, I want to talk about this is, you know, everyone only has a certain amount of resources, and that in the case of money, especially with inflation really eating it away these days, 
it's important that you maximize that so that you can get the most not only out of college, trade school, or whatever you really decide, but you have money also for your future. So how do you do that? I mean, my first question actually is, at what point do you begin the conversation with your kids in terms of schools and what they need to be doing in junior high and high school or middle school now, and, I guess and, it's called. And you really mentioned the key term that I always say, I think whether it's a couple, whether it's a family, the primary mm. driver of most, most things going well is having good communication. If you don't have good communication, you don't really communicate. The student doesn't communicate with what they're thinking. The parent doesn't really talk and say, well, this is what I can afford. This is what I think you should do. Sometimes it comes to a crescendo, usually around their senior year, you know, when they start applying and the parent has to kind of walk it back. And at that point, you know, we would say the I guess, what would you say? The rabbit is out of the hole at that point. You don't really have oh, a yeah. lot of choices. And then it really is really an uncomfortable. There's a lot of friction. And, and that's probably the last thing that anybody needs because it ends up with both sides being bitter, bitter potentially and maybe not making the best decision. That's true. So how can we how can we avoid that situation? So really with this, what I'm going to do is point out five points uh, okay. and then sub points for really each to really kind of things that you could potentially consider or someone, whether it's they have a child, whether it's, you know, a teenager thinking about it, or even a grandparent, what are some ways that their grandchild, child, or the student can really put themselves in a position uh, where they're not racked with debt, trying to figure out how in the world they pay for that, as well as just even to get a car to get to work at that point. No, <laughs> you're the man. You're the man with the key to the kingdom. <laughs> yeah, the key, the key, the key. You know, you hope you hope you can get the key and make the right decisions. And that yeah. again, half the battle in making the right decisions is having the information. And it with all the informational resources that are out there, it's very difficult to get to just the point of fact of things. And so. In this case, what I'm going to try to do is point out five things that I feel would benefit a student and a parent Mm -hmm. to discuss and focus on while they're in high school in order to minimize what debt they might have going into college or finding their profession. Let's get to it. What is point one? Point one is AP courses, advanced placement Mm -hmm. courses. And what you really want to do is do everything to be in those classes if you can, as well as to attain the specific grade needed for a waiver of course in college. And the real benefit is not only could you cross out a class that you would have had to take in college, you could also show admission officers that you are ready for college level work. Many high school students, excuse me, many high schools give extra weight to advanced placement courses. So what in some cases could be a B in advanced placement course would be weighted higher than, say, something in an A in a standard high school class. An AP course is a great way to potentially save time and money by completing required college courses before you even arrive at the college destination. Yeah, no, I know from personal experience, uh, my kids took AP courses. You know, they were great because it it qualified them. It can do two things, Jeff, which I thought was interesting. One, it can waive a course requirement. And two, it can set them up or let's say they're they're interested in biology and they take the AP biology, they might be able to skip a biology class and go into a higher level course when they get to college. 
Exactly. It's it's very important. And to focus on the test that you have to take to in order to get the waiver and understand yeah. what the score needs to be and try to do everything you can to get that score. Because by doing that, you potentially could have a lot of savings there. Excellent. So point two. So point two, while it may seem obvious as an always, is to apply for scholarships and grants early and often. Mm. And the more that you get in the form of scholarships and grants, the less you would need in debt or to have to come out of pocket, obviously. And there's plenty of sites, you know, with the internet and with the uh, ability to do searches, there's numerous sites where you can go that allow you in an easy format to apply for scholarships and grants. There's scholarships.com. There's also one through the college board called Big Future. Uh, those are just a couple. The, what you really want to try to do is focus on applying and trying to get as many grants and scholarships as possible to tr- really try to minimize debt. Is there a way, obviously scholarships.com and things are good for larger things. Is there a way to explore and find out about local scholarships that might be available? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is. I mean, the, a good place to start is through your school, as well as if you work part-time, you, know, you can walk into a Starbucks or Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, yeah. whatever whatever store or fast food or whatever retail, the majority of them have programs that will provide scholarships mm-hmm. to students applying for college that typically provide a lot more in terms of financial incentive than even what you would make on an hourly basis. And you know, one of the other areas that I always tell people that is often forgotten, you know, if you work for a very large corporate corporation, in a lot of cases, there's money there for parents to apply on behalf of their, you know, their student, where the mm-hmm. company will provide aid for their benefit. Uh, And it's important to make sure you look through all of these different benefits, again, because every dollar that you use is another dollar that you're not using along the way in terms of generating more student debt. Thanks so much for listening to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.balancewealthpartners.com and through all our social media platforms that are listed in the show notes. A good point. Very good point. Speaking of points, what's point number three? Yeah, point three is you don't want to wait to fill out the FAFSA form. And, you know, if you say, what's the FAFSA, you're probably- uh, You beat me to it. I was going to yeah. say, what's the FAFSA? Go on. <laughs> you, if you're applying for college, you better hope you know. The FAFSA is a federal government form, and it's the free application for federal student aid. And it can seem very intimidating, like most, you know, whether it's a tax return or any other government form, you know, it, come, it may be a few pages, but the footnotes are usually, or the, the way to fill it out, or the guidebook is probably usually about 50 to 100 pages. Oh, gosh, yeah. So- you know, it's important that you understand the process and you gather all the documents ahead of time. And it can make it much easier during the process. And it's also kind of like I mentioned with the scholarships and grants, it's important to keep in mind that many schools offer help filling out the form and providing additional resources. It's the more that you can focus on your community and and look to help, the more chances you have of being successful with filling out the paperwork or the online application now and getting the most in aid. Are there deadlines associated with yeah, this? Yeah, so the other thing that's extremely important, we would say, is know the dates. 
You know, the enrollment opens October 1st and is open until June 30th for the following fall semester. Okay. The faster and the faster that you can submit the completed FASMA form, the more opportunity there is to obtain aid. So the quicker that you get in queue, the more aid is available that you can get and receive. And, and you know, sometimes I have clients that say, well, I make too much money. Right. You know, it's not really worth the time. You know, there's plenty of money there in non-need-based grants and aid. And that is for that would be for someone that their parents have plenty of income, but they're applying and they have the ability to get grants and aid, even if their income is above the certain level that you would normally expect. In other words, don't rule yourself out. Exactly. And I always say every dollar you receive in grants and scholarships is one less you will need in loans. I really like point four. Yeah, but point four is extremely overlooked these days. But I would think, given the cost structure we see of college, especially after the COVID, with a lot of students even still virtual, even years after COVID, that we start to begin to realize that there are at least initially alternatives. And one of them is community college. You know, it's often overlooked, but it can be an excellent way to get at least integrated into the college system. You know, in a lot of cases, if you're in high school and you've, you're finishing up in your senior year, you can even spend some time taking classes at a community college, and that will count in a lot of cases to transfer to whatever college destination you go to. It also provides an excellent way where you can take courses at little or no cost, and it can also help find your direction. And that, you know, it used to yeah. be you could go to college and it wasn't as much of an issue with the cost being the way it is and the inflation with no real end in sight in terms of the cost increases, it's important to understand the real benefit of community colleges. And in a lot of cases, you can go to community college for as little as $3,500 a year versus what we might look at from an out-of-state public university that typically is going to be about $35,000. You know, and you really have to ask yourself, you know, what you could do with the difference in savings for you and your family. Yeah. Well, let's go back to that earlier point when you made the point that it's like a lot of kids get in college, they think they're going to go path A and they realize, oh no, actually what I'm really interested in is path B. And community college is a, is a perfect place for that to happen. Exactly. Because what can happen at that point, if you, if you say, you know, I, I want to go into biology and you change your mind to accounting, or you say, I want to be an engineer, but I want to go into accounting or technology, you can focus and transfer to an institution that specifically focuses on that, that gets the most, most value. And again, it goes back to anything that any business would look at is what is the return on the investment? Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if this is true in every state, but the state I live in, if you go to the community college, you do well at a community college, you're an A student at the community college, you're not only guaranteed acceptance into state colleges, but you're also guaranteed aid mm -hmm. into those state colleges. So yeah, no, it is well worth it. And I and I'm just gonna throw this in and you can I'd love to hear your thought on it. I think the community college is a really good place for kids to realize whether they want to go to a four-year school and whether they want to, in fact, end up with, you know, whatever it's gonna be, sixty thousand dollars worth of debt that they're gonna have to work off the day they graduate. Yeah, exactly. Because the worst thing that can possibly happen is you have a student that just believes because of his family wanting or because of just the way society expects, they end up going to college for four years and graduating with something that they have no interest, they're not excited, and there's no real true happiness with. And you know, and at the end of the day, 
you know, there's so many people out there that are really miserable. You know, you really want your child, student, you really want them to find something that they will enjoy and love. And part of that process is really to explore different things. Yeah. And that takes us to point number five. At point number five is extreme. It's an, it's similar to community college. It's often overlooked. It really is important if the student isn't sure what they want to do is to explore trade schools. Yes. It used to, I think years ago, people really didn't quite understand the supply, the shortages of these ex- ex- extremely skilled professionals, whether it's electricians, plumbers, in a lot of cases, and an example would be an apprentice electrician, they typically start at about $53,700, according to salary.com. Yeah. And that's usually with the majority of all the training provided and having little or no debt. That's huge. I mean, that's so huge. It, it is. And, you know, and not everyone's meant to go to college. And, you know, and again, in many cases, several of these per- trade professions, they can make significantly more over their lifetime. And it's- right. You know, not to mention the employers are extremely supportive because, again, there's such demand that they have to make extremely competitive benefit packages. Yep. And one of them, strangely enough, a lot of the trade professions, the employers typically, in a lot of cases, will pay part or all of the college tuition in certain areas like business management if that person or trade professional wants to go back to school and learn more. Yeah, I I know a lot of guys who work in the trades, and I know several guys who own their own businesses as tradesmen. They make a good living. They're they're happy. (laughs) And and it's you know we we always say it's you. They talk about artificial intelligence and computers and robots and all these other things. It's really important to find skills that are not easily transferred. You know, and an example of that would be an electrician or plumber. You know, it's it's going to be a long, long time before you can get a robot to come out and fully service or do anything that remotely close <laughs> to what they do. You know, and, and again, it's there's also, I mean, you have to look at the technical professions, again, that you can get through advanced study, but where you just can't expect a computer to take over anytime soon. And there's right. not a whole lot of interest, even though the compensation and the value that's provided there is pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people get, they forget when they start talking about AI and the advent of machines, as it were, is that in the technology revolution, there are a lot of things that need to be technically maintained and those can be maintained and provide really good paying jobs on a technical level. Different people have different views on artificial intelligence. Some people feel that it's, you know, they're going to, the computers are just going to take us over, you know, like movies back in the day. You know, I really believe it's a way to get more efficiency and leverage. If you're in a profession or you have skills that just can't be easily transferred, like I mentioned before. It's true. And wrapping this up, I want to go back to, I think the first point you made, which was communications. It seems there, well, I know this, there is no substitute for communication in the, especially within the family, is there, Jeff? No, I I mean, I would say it's the foundation for, I mean, I would say for life in general in a family unit or, you know, in a couple, whether it's, you know, it's, it's a parent guardian, no matter what the situation is, the more you can communicate and manage expectations the more everybody is going to be on the same page and it's going to be a much smoother process. 
And the other side is, you know, you just don't wake up one day and, you know, when they're a junior and say, well, we need to start applying and doing all these things. It really needs to start early, you know, coming up with an understanding of what they want to do or what they think they want to do, going back to, you know, looking and saying, well, maybe, you know, if you want to, if you want to be a nurse, maybe volunteer at the hospital. You know, if you Mm -hmm. want to be thinking about being a lawyer, maybe see if there's a law firm that you can go to and, you know, work work at or volunteer. And so I think, you know, by giving them some level of understanding of what is even done in the profession that they want to do, because they, you know, they may hear it on the internet or they may look up the top, you know, the top highest paid, you know, jobs, the five Mm -hmm. easiest jobs, you know, all these different things that you can do on the internet, but that doesn't mean based upon their personality and what their real skills are, they're really going to really get where they need to be. True. Very true. Uh, in terms of resources to help families begin this process or get started on it, what, do you have any, any suggestions on where to start? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the one the one thing I would say is I have numerous resources on my website, you know, including calculators and articles that provide more information. You can also remember that I'm always available by appointment to discuss your specific family needs. Yep. You know, the, the other side of it, I go back again, is communication. You know, the earlier that you start, the more you can kind of understand what each person is thinking, the better and more successful outcome you can have for both the parent and the student. And hopefully the less debt you will have and the more money that you'll have to put to, you know, a down payment on a home or, you know, helping the student get a car, things that are important in life that a lot of students now graduating with the debt that you mentioned, 60, 70, 80,000, they're just not in a position or may not be in a position for 15 or 20 years to even come close to getting anything like that. Wow. So what you, I know some of the links are in the show notes, but for people who are listening to this, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What's your website and how can they reach out? Sure. My, my website is Balanced Wealth Partners. You can always reach me by phone as well. If if I I always say an email, really, and again, I can have I could have two or three different people, and they have different ways to communicate, whether it be email or phone. It's yeah. really what you feel most comfortable with. And even you know, typically, initially, I'll do a, a meeting where we typically will do a Zoom or a phone call, and I would call that almost like an initial chemistry test, if you will, just mm-hmm. to see if I can help, and if I can't. I'll at least try to provide some resources and help to try to point them in the right direction. Fantastic. Get a phone number you want to give out? Sure. Uh, you, you could feel free to call me at 770-420-8210. Fantastic. Excellent. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Important for, episode, you, especially for those with uh, kids, you know, that are getting ready to contemplate this big step. Yeah, and it's even if and even if there's even if they're sixth or seventh grade, they'll be a senior before you know it. <laughs> yes, I will testify to that. I will <laughs> testify. <laughs> you suddenly look up one day and go, "How did that happen?" Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's remarkable. It really is. Thank you, Jeff, and listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. We, I'm sure, you enjoyed this podcast. If you're not a subscriber already hit the subscribe button and you won't miss another episode of this. You won't have to remember where you heard it or how often Jeff turns these things out. It'll be delivered to you and you can listen right away. And we'd humbly ask also that if you like it, why don't you rate it and share it with others. Help spread the word about the podcast. On behalf of Jeff and everybody at Balance of Wealth Partners, I'm Bill Tucker thanking you for taking the time to listen today and reminding you, do not wait 
Go out and live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Between Life and Money, Finding Balance. Visit our website at balancewealthpartners.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrated purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Jeffrey Panic. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor, private client services, Balance Wealth Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.